I'm back in the building. What's popping, NBA draft fans? This is your spot for draft stuff, if, if you know what I mean. I'm I'm just back. I'm excited to be back in action. It's been forever since I've done an episode, and but I've been working hard behind the scenes. I've been watching game film on these basketball prospects, all these college guys. Um, I'm really just ready to go, and I'm I'm ready to grind. Up until you know about now, I've I've kind of messed around a little bit with this draft stuff. I've I've liked it a lot, and I've worked hard at it a little bit, but really a lot of my episodes just kind of messing around. Um, and I had some frankly pretty bad takes from last year's draft. I had some good ones too. Um, but, um, this year I want to set the record straight. I want to grind out the rest of this college season. I want to get my ranking set. I want to analyze all these players right up until draft night. And I want to nail this thing. I want to nail all these analysis and I want to, I want to show you who's the top dog in the NBA draft world. I want to show you what's up. And I'm going to start by doing that with my big board update. Um, it's been quite a long time since I've done a big board. I did a kind of one a while back. Um, this is my first really official one after watching a lot of college games. This is my first real big board that I think is, is going to shake up, shake up a lot of a lot of things in my NBA draft career. Um, this this could be this could be big time. Um, I've got some fiery takes. Of course, I'm not doing it just for the sake of a hot take. I've watched all these guys and have great reasoning for why I have them where I have them. Uh, we're gonna get into that. And uh, I I know this is a dumb question because you're not gonna be able to answer it before this episode comes out but but do you want me to start with with the bottom of my my big board or the top of my big board uh number one or number 30 uh um uh, we'll we'll start at the bottom i guess um number 30 and i'll i will just say like i want to i want to talk a little bit more um this draft part of the reason i haven't put out an episode on this yet and it's been so long as this draft has just been one of the hardest drafts, I think, maybe ever to scout. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty new to this scouting thing, but I have a feeling this is one of the hardest ones ever. Um, it's I move guys in the top five around like on a daily basis almost. So all these rankings, honestly, like all of them are pretty fluid. I could change my opinion tomorrow. I could change my opinion five minutes after recording this episode in the middle of the episode um so just know things are definitely going to change quite a lot none of this is set at all i mean not even the top number one spot i mean i, I think that's set but you never know we'll we'll see so starting off at number 30 i'm just doing the first round Number 30, uh, we got my man Jalen Clark. Um, I haven't been like a massive Jalen Clark guy. I'm obviously still not a massive Jalen Clark guy. But there is something to be said for a guy who works his tail off on defense and is runs around, chasing guys around, off-ball menace. Um he just understands the defensive side of the ball so well. And he can guard on ball. Especially I love his off ball defense, though. That's that's a skill that it's it's underrated. It it really is underrated. I mean, we talk about it quite a bit, but still people don't realize quite how important that is. So Jerilyn Clark's a guy who if he was a little bit younger, he'd definitely be a lot higher on my board. I'm not always in love with the, the the older guys, though 
a lot of times that ends up being a mistake because they do really well and the, their age doesn't matter that much, doesn't end up mattering. So, I mean, Jalen Clark, he's a he's a guy that I think is he's really talented. He's really good. Ha, has some offensive game too. I'm not part of uh, why he's only at 30 is not totally sold or in love with his offensive game. But he's got some pretty nice off-ball stuff, a little bit of an on-ball slashing, that kind of thing. So I think he's going to fit right into every team in the league. And he's, he's always a guy that you can use. You can, you can find a spot for him. I wish he was a little bit taller, of course, but he, he's a guy that he, he's going to stick around. I mean, he's going to keep working hard, and he, he'll find a spot in the NBA. Um, at number 29 uh, is uh, Dylan Mitchell. I was um, a little bit afraid to, to say that name at this point. I feel like everyone is going to get mad at me if I, if I have Dylan Mitchell in my first round. Um, I'm going to say I'm stupid and don't know how to scout the draft. But I, I'm still a Dylan Mitchell believer somewhat. I had him top five before the season started, I think. So I've obviously dropped him quite a lot. Um, I'll just I'll start with the the negative thing. Um, just the the shooting, honestly, that's all that I'm worried about at this point. Like a six eight wing guy who can't shoot is it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, if he if he can find the right role in the NBA. But I think there is a role for him some someplace and on some team, um, because his defense is, is really, really good. It's, it's special. I really, really like his defense. I think it's, it's, uh, he's one of the better freshman defenders in college. Um, he's right up there. Top five, probably. Um, he, he just sticks on his guy. He's stronger than he looks. Um, he's got, he's got some good things going for him, even with all of the negativity surrounding his name. Um, so yeah, the defense, obviously the offense is a massive, massive question mark, but I think the defense is good enough, uh, that he, he can find his way in the league at, at 28 is another freshman maybe fell a little bit, or at least hasn't been the hottest name out there. Um, uh, that's, uh, Julian Phillips. Phillips, uh, I, I just really like him. Um, I mean, I probably, honestly, I should probably have him higher, um, considering how much I like him. But there's so many good players in this class. So Phillips, at 28, he's a super energetic, fluid dude, athletic, um, has pretty good wing size for the NBA. When it's all said and done, um, he's took a while to adjust, um, but he's really he's really found a role on a, a good Tennessee team, and he can cut to the rim. Um, hasn't been the best shooter so far. Obviously, that's it's a major thing for him too. Um, but I think the release looks pretty smooth, so I'm guessing he's gonna find his shot eventually. And even if he doesn't, he's just going to be a great energy guy for teams to have coming off the bench. Uh, at 27 is Jordan Walsh from Arkansas. Um, Walsh, uh, yeah. Um, he's, he's a pretty good player. Uh, he's certainly struggled. Like those two other guys that talked about, he certainly struggled a little bit to find his footing. But I think at the end of the day, he's just a really solid defender with really, really good size, great NBA frame, um, fluid, pretty athletic. Um, 
Although we haven't been able to see much on-ball stuff, his handle's pretty loose and playing on a team with a lot of mouths to feed. But Walsh is someone who I think, even though he's going to take a little bit of time to develop, he has all the, the physical and athletic tools as well as some skill um, on the defensive end the, to the point where I think he's pretty easily going to find in an NBA role. Uh, next is Mark Mitchell. Uh, he's he's strong. He's big. Uh, he's his shot looks pretty funky, but it works decently well. Um, so I think he's a guy who, if he hits the way you want him to, and if you if a team develops him the right way. You're getting this six eight six nine strong guy who can shoot and get to the rim and play really solid defense. Um, so I think he's the kind of guy with uh, a little bit of hidden upside. I'm not saying like all star upside, but there's a little bit of hidden upside with him if if a team develops him right. That I think. Some people are ignoring. He's he's not even on a, a lot of boards. It seems like at least not in the first round. So he's definitely someone who who needs some more attention, needs some love. Twenty five, uh, Mari Bailey, uh, UCLA. Um, I I've been high on Bailey uh, since high school. Yeah did some really ridiculous stuff in high school, finishing at the rim, getting to the rim. Um, even though he hasn't had as many flashes of like ridiculous rim finishing, I think that's very much still in his game. He's just a, he's going to be a good connector piece at the next level. Um, can shoot the ball fairly well and just fits into the offense, knows his role. Um, so I think that Amari Bailey is is a, a major name to watch out for. He very well could be could be rising soon. That's he. I think twenty five is probably about the lowest he'll ever be on my board. I I really am a pretty big Amari Bailey fan. So much talent in this class though, so can't have him too too high. But yeah, he's 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 a stud. Uh, next is Judah Mintz. Um, yeah, uh, super productive for a freshman. Uh, can create his shot, has a, has a mid-range game, as well as uh, a rim finishing game, gets to the rim. Um, super shifty. He's got some creative handles. Uh, he's someone uh, that... Definitely could go higher than this, I think, easily, just because of all of the star traits that he has. Not saying he's gonna be a superstar or not. I'm not even sure where. I'm not totally sure on where his potential lies, but he has the star traits. the The shooting when it comes around fully, the handle, the the shot creation as well as some, some playmaking in his game. So as uh, a point guard, I think he should be – he's going to be a point guard at the next level in the NBA. So I think he has a big-time opportunity to take advantage of, and he can do really well this upcoming season and uh, in his entire career. Uh, Judah Mintz is a – he's a player, man. He puts the ball in the hoop, uh, pretty turnover free. Um, so for a freshman, what he's doing at, at Syracuse is pretty ridiculous. Um, his Syracuse is not not known for having star freshmen or anything of that sort. Uh, so so having uh, uh, Judah Mintz come in and do what he's doing is is pretty impressive. At twenty. Three, uh, a man that 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 could end up higher, could end up lower. Uh, Kalel Ware, uh, he's big. 
He's fluid, athletic, uh, good at defense. So I think that alone makes him a first-round pick. But then also just the potential that lies on the offensive end, definitely very raw. But also he's on a team with quite a bit of big man depth. So I think it's been a little bit hard for him to to find his footing when he can't get uh, consistent minutes. Uh, But a guy with his size, athleticism, fluidity, um, he's going to be pretty good. Oregon is not the funnest team to watch, so I haven't watched as much of him as other guys, but I've seen enough of him to, to know that I think he definitely needs to go at the very least in, in the first round. Um, so uh, next at 22, uh, a guy who's really having a total opposite season of Ware in a lot of ways. He was ranked in a similar range before the season, um, but has been a star, really, at the college level. That's Kyle Filipowski, of course, from Duke. Um, Filipowski, um, yeah, he's he's just smooth, skilled, uh, has a lot of natural and unnatural talent. Uh, obviously, like... There's the argument of, like, he's not that athletic. He's slow. Um, This is true. Um, But I think a guy with his kind of shot, his kind of uh, post-up shot creation, as well as his his dribbling is really good for a guy of his size. And he can dunk the ball, so it's not like – it's not like he has no athleticism. He's pretty powerful. Um, and I just think, like, a, a guy like Luca Garza, who who went late in the draft because he was this college star, but he's slow, not that athletic. Um, I think he's had some pretty good moments for the Timberwolves this season. And I think if he can do that, like, Kyle Filipowski can really do that. Like, not comparing the two playstyle-wise, but, like, they have some similar concerns. And I think Filipowski is a, a much more skilled player and probably a little bit faster, too. So I think I just would, would lean toward, like, at the end of the day, skill is usually going to, win out over athleticism. So I think Kyle Filipowski is a guy that, that needs to be, probably needs to be higher. But there again, um, so many guys to draft in this class that I have a hard time putting him any higher. Uh, 21. And I should note that Filipowski has shown, lately has shown some really good defensive flashes too. So even though his slowness is going to give him a hard time on defense against high-level NBA athletes. Uh, he He's a pretty good skilled defender. Uh, but at 21 is uh, Noah Clowney. Uh, gets the things done. Uh, he uh, Alabama has a thing that they do uh, called the Hard Hat Award where each I think they I think they do it every game, uh, where might might be every week or something, but I think every game where th- they count like every time a player dives for the ball or gets a rebound or plays good defense or something like that gets a steal, um, basically just measuring how hard a player is working, how he's his hustle, um, and then. They give out this hard hat award uh, to one player, and Noah Clowney uh, is definitely at least a one-time winner. I think he's won it multiple times, probably, um, because he hustles. He's he's big. He's fairly athletic, fluid. Um, I think he's probably still getting comfortable with his body a little bit, 
I don't know if he had a late growth spurt or not, but I think that's definitely something to key in on or keep an eye on. Um, he could take a little bit longer to develop than other guys, but he's he's really talented. 6'11 guy, 6'10, who can shoot the ball and has a tiny little smidge of wiggle in his game. Uh, gets rebounds, blocks some shots, gets some steals, stays active in the game. And he's been one of the best big guys in uh, in college, even though he's not putting up ridiculous offensive numbers. Uh, he's he's a really good project that a team can can grab and work on. Uh, so I think his loose handle, the combination of that and just limited self creation, is playmaking is probably going to keep him from getting any higher, but uh, he, he's a really a, a good guy for teams to be keeping an eye on. And he was a guy that I thought could be good before the season too. So for me, there's a little bit of confirmation bias there. Um, yeah, but, but he's a good player. And Alabama is a good team too. He's, he's doing it on a good team. Um, at 20, this is one of the rankings that I'm probably the least confident and certain in, uh, but uh, Maxwell Lewis uh, from the great and mighty school of Pepperdine. Uh, he, he's a good player, but there's just a couple things to point out. Uh, first of all, uh, he plays definitively worse, has played definitively worse against high major teams. So that's a pretty big red flag. He's playing at a small college, uh, at least basketball-wise. Uh, so that's a major red flag. Mid-major guys who don't play well against high major teams consistently are definitely guys to be a little bit wary of. His, his team, aside from just being a, a low-major or mid-major team, uh, his team's really bad. They've won, like, nine games. Um, so, and he's been forced to do a lot of things for them, so I almost feel like he should, he should be putting up even higher numbers if he's really this great NBA guy that people expect. He definitely does not have the high caliber upside that that people have projected, um, but I think there's still a place in the NBA for guys who work hard on defense and can knock down shots. Uh, that's it's kind of the main thing you want in an NBA player. So there's there's still a place for him in the NBA, uh, but I'm a little bit lower on him than I have been in the past and I'm I wouldn't I certainly would not put him any higher but just the the fundamental skill that he has I think is worthy of a top 20 pick considering that there's probably only 20 at best guys who are gonna end up becoming longtime NBA players at 19 getting into the official kind of top 20 now is uh, Turk Quavion Smith. Uh, Turk. Uh, Turk. Turk. Turk Quavion. A guy that, dude, that I've been historically really high on. Uh, really like him. Uh, he's like some, some other guys like Judah Mintz. He's not comparing his game, but he's just got the star traits that you ask for in a potential NBA prospect. He's got that upper level, high high level upside. Uh, makes a ridiculous amount of threes from deep two at an efficient rate. Uh, one thing I think maybe the biggest takeaway from his game so far uh, from the stats 
is last season he was criticized a lot for his at the rim finishing. It was pretty terrible, but he clearly put in the work and he's shooting at the rim really, really well now. So he obviously knows his weaknesses, knows what he needs to work on, works hard. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Uh, I feel a little bad for him. Uh, he went back to school for another year because he thought he could be a top 10 pick or whatever. And now he's probably going to go in the same range he would have gone in in last year's draft. Uh, but but that's the way it goes sometimes. He uh, He's going to end up in a really good draft class. So that's this, this just how the, the Wookiee fumbles, how the cookie crumbles. Um, so that's too bad for him. But uh, whether he's an off-the-bench uh, firecracker or – whether he hits that star upside, um, I think there's always a place in the NBA for a guy who's a, like one of the best three-point shooters in his league. So uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at on Terquavion Smith. And then at 18, clocking in, Jalen Hood Shipino. And, yeah, uh, Hood Shafino has been a really steady source for of production for good, uh, surprisingly almost good Indiana team. And he's, he's kind of doing it all along with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he's emerged as a guy with higher upside than I initially expected. Uh, coming out of high school, I was like, oh, well, I, I like him, but like he's just going to be a, your basic Tyus Jones kind of point guard. Um, he's just going to be that that standard point guard who just runs plays and uh, doesn't, doesn't do a whole lot else. Isn't mega threat on offense, doesn't play insane defense or anything. Thought he'd just be kind of your standard run-of-the-mill point guard. That has not been the case for Jalen Hudshapino. He showed some real uh, creation skills, shot creation skills. He's shown pretty legit shooting flashes. Uh, I shouldn't even say flashes. He's been a pretty consistent shooter. Uh, fairly high volume. Um, so And a good playmaker, obviously. So at the end of the day, like he's got, he's got really good size too, you know, in that six five kind of range for a point guard. Um, so Jalen Hood Shafino's a guy that uh, I didn't exactly expect to rise this much, and he's been rising on a lot of other people's boards too. But I'm not surprised. I didn't expect it, but I'm not surprised if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean think just talking about in terms of upside i think there is that higher level star upside with him that sneaky star upside that i definitely did not expect coming into the season but i've seen some really promising stuff from him he's a pretty good defender too so there's going to be uh any team in the league that needs a point guard is going to be trying to trade for this man 17 Nick Smith. Uh, yeah, Nick Smith. Oh, let's go. Nick Smith, the future NBA superstar. Uh, yeah. Um, he, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't been impressed by him. Obviously, the injury is definitely a thing, major thing. Um, so, it could be some stuff that I haven't seen just because of that. But it seems like just from when I've watched him, and I've, I've watched quite a, a good bit of him, it seems like all he ever, ever does is, is shoot floaters. He's just floater or bust kind of guy. And, and he takes some threes too. It's like the three and then the floater. Like He never gets all the way to the rim. And... I'm not 
totally upset at this because of his injury. But I don't know if that's something we should be worried about. Um, I think the the thing that I'm kind of really thinking about with him right now is is there a reason he's not getting all the way to the rim? Is he does he have finishing problems and that he's trying to mask out that he's trying to cover up? Um, does he, can he legitimately just does not have the skill or the verticality to get to the rim, like? Or does he just prefer the floater and could get to the rim and he chooses not to? Like, I just don't know. Uh, uh, and maybe an NBA team can can fix that. Um, so, Nick Smith, I'm not totally down on, but I, I need to see more considering the amount of talent and production that I've seen from all the guys that I have here in front of him. It's kind of where I'm at on him right now. He has no right being any higher just because he was a five-star top recruit. Um, but 17 in a stack draft class isn't isn't so bad. Uh, so I'm not I'm not totally down on him. Uh, but but I I need to to see more before I'm gonna go all in. Um, 16. Keontae George, he honestly, I think he's been my hardest eval so far just because I I, I don't know uh, what his role in the NBA is going to be. I think he almost needs to be like an all-star level player that is a number one option in order for him to win basketball at the next level because he he doesn't really work in a non number 1 or number 2 option role i don't think cuz so much of his game is based off of threes off the dribble iso uh getting in for a little mid-range jump shot it, so much off the dribble jump shots uh that i don't think his game works as a role player or even as like a third or fourth option. Like he needs to be a number one or number two option. And we'll just, we'll see if he has the ability to do that. I mean, if he can be Bradley Beal at the next level, great, fantastic. He should probably be higher on my board. But then again, I still don't know. I think there's still some defensive issues that need to be worked out. Uh, He needs to, I want to see more playmaking flashes. He has shown uh, some pretty nice play, playmaking flashes, but needs to see a little bit more of that because I don't think I like him so much in that like off the bench microwave score Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole kind of role as I do like a Turquavion Smith. Um, so. If, if I'm a team drafting Keontae, it's because I think he can be the best or second best player on my team. And so, like, it, he, it, it's going to be hard for him to find the right situation. Um, and it, it's, it's probably going to take him a while to adjust to playing next to other stars. Uh, so that's, that's Keontae George there at 16. Uh, at 15, right outside the lottery, uh, Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, big Bryce, he's a he's a plays basketball. He knows how to put the ball in the hoop. He knows how to get shots. Uh, fantastically productive for a freshman. Putting up. Last time I checked. He was putting up like 28 or 29 points per 40. That's just unheard of. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, no freshman do that. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I think Paulo Boncaro last year, I think he was at like 21, 22, somewhere in that range. Like, 
this is drastic. Like Bryce Sensabaugh is historic in a lot of ways. Um, he he's had a few off games more recently, but overall the verdict on him is still a guy with a big frame who can be a bully or he can just be a shooter and playmaker. Uh, he's, I think, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll just, I'll be upfront and honest right now. I'm not always the best at assessing defense. I'm definitely more of a, an offensive guy. And I mean, I, that's probably, I'm probably in the same camp as a, as a lot of people. So uh, don't don't take that too too negatively. Uh, but I think Bryce Sensabaugh is I think I think he's I think he'll have some struggles on defense. Let's let's just say that. Um, but he's smart and he's athletic, so he's gonna figure it out eventually. Um, he's just so powerful, so strong. Uh, gets in the lane, takes it to the rim, makes contested jump shots. Got a little bit of KD in him. Uh, but I think more realistic outcome is like prime Lakers tailing Horton Tucker. Like that could be that could be kind of a little bit of what we see from Bryce Sensabaugh. At number 14 entering the lottery. Um, I've got a, a, a dude uh, who is rising up draft boards, or at least was, Taylor Hendricks. Uh, Hendricks, he, uh, is, he's athletic. He's big. He can dribble a little bit. The best player on his team as a freshman, uh, a guy coming up. I did not see him being as good as he has been, but there's always those guys, the Taylor Hendricks and Bryce Sensabaz of the world, that end up being really good, even though they're not ranked highly in, in high school. Uh, but Hendricks, he's a guy who I just see a lot of NBA value with, a lot of winning value that you can get out of him. The defense is good. He, he can get up for a dunk. He's had a lot of dunks. He can straight line drive to the basket. He can set good picks. He can pick and roll. Um, uh, yeah, so he's got a lot of good things going for him. I think maybe the biggest thing for him is actually just going to be figuring out what role he is in the NBA. Is going to play up and be a center? Or is he going to play down as a, a four, maybe even uh, a three. Uh, he's got the size, probably the best size for like a four, but I definitely think he's able to anchor a defense well enough to, to play the five a little bit at the next level. Um, so, and he's got a, a pretty looking shot. Um, can splash it from three. He's, he's going to be pretty good. 13, rolling in, G.G. Jackson. Now, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of things to like about G.G. Jackson and a whole lot of things to dislike. But starting on the positive end, he's got a nice NBA frame. He's athletic. He can get to his spots on offense. He's got a good handle. He can create shots. Um, he can. He's pretty, pretty clutch. Even though I, I, I think he's pretty clutch, though he's on a really bad team. So he, he hasn't had a lot of chance to show that gene of his. Uh, there's. The obvious character issues that that we'll see. I mean, a, a big part of where he ends up in the draft is going to depend on his interviews and how he does in workouts. Um, obviously, that's a big thing for anyone, but 
especially for Gigi. Uh, if it goes poorly, he could slip down as far as 20, 25. If it goes really well and teams are surprised by him, he'd, he could go top 10. Um, so Gigi, at the end of the day, I just um, I think his high-end outcome is high enough that it's pretty hard to put him any lower than this at this point. I He has certainly some issues uh, shooting the ball, decision-making, uh, but so he, he could fall, but at this point, I think this is the right spot for him. Uh, next is Anthony Black. Anthony... I wasn't the highest on him coming out of high school. Uh, wasn't totally sure about him. Um, he's he's been as good and better than I could have expected. Arkansas is a team that is fun to watch. I've seen some some good Arkansas basketball be played, um, and Anthony Black is kind of the facilitator of that team, even though they've had their struggles. Uh, losing Teron Brazil hurt a lot. Now losing Nick Smith, whether that hurt their winning or not, I don't know. Um, but Anthony Black, he's got great size for a point guard, can facilitate, uh, has a little bit of untapped athletic potential. And I think I'm not saying there's like – I don't think he has – Star upside. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm talking about upside a lot. Gonna be talking about upside a lot. At the end of the day, upside is kind of a big, a big deal. I don't think he has really that that star upside, but what he brings is something that is hard to replicate. A big guard who plays good defense gets to his spots on offense. And if the shooting works out, I'm not comparing him to Josh Giddy because I think Josh Giddy was a radically better playmaker. Not that not that Black is bad, but Giddy was incredible. Um but a big thing for Giddy was the shooting. Like if people are saying like he can be really, really good if the shooting comes around and for the most part it has. So Anthony Black, if the shooting becomes really real, which it has been at times, he's gonna be he's gonna be right in there as as a, a an NBA starter uh, pretty quickly. So that's why I've got Anthony Black at, at number twelve. He provides a lot of value at eleven, almost to the top ten. We got Kasan Wallace, Kason Wallace. Um, his defense is is really really phenomenal, really fantastic. Uh, one of the most talented defenders in college, if not the most talented defender in college. Given off some Marcus Smart vibes here at Kentucky. Kentucky is low key a pretty fun team to watch. And Kaysen's a big part of that. If if you like the defensive side of the ball, which I'm not good at, I'm not amazing at scouting the defensive side of the ball all the time, but I do love watching the defensive side of the ball. Um, big defensive guy in that way. Um, working to get, working to get good at scouting defense, and that's gonna that's happening this season. Like I'm improving my analysis of these guys i think by leaps and bounds um so by that by the nba draft you're gonna if you listen to this this podcast uh you're gonna you're gonna hear some some good stuff on on these guys um but wallace actually i I made a video on my youtube channel a while back um before the college season started and I said that I thought Wallace's offense, he was known as like a, a big defensive guy. I said that I thought his offense 
might be better than his defense. And while that hasn't been entirely true because his defense has been insane, his offense has also been really good too and probably better than a lot of people have projected it. So I was right in that way. Um, he He's pretty good at initiating the pick and roll. Uh, so the playmaking, I think, is, is going to become a, a real thing. Uh, can shoot the ball. Uh, gets to some of his spots. Pretty good in transition. Uh, not this mega athlete, but like vertically athletic. I don't think that matters because he plays great defense and he's a, a great facilitator on offense who can also shoot the ball. Uh, so Kaysen Wallace is a big NBA draft name. He's, he's going to be really good. At 10, Jet Howard. I'm not going to talk too long about Jet Howard because – this game kind of speaks for itself, but for those of you who haven't watched him, he is a 6'8 guy who can smooth, handles the ball, has a beautiful, beautiful little jump shot, good three-point shooter, and can get to the rim a little bit as well. Uh, Jet is just kind of fits into that perfect NBA archetype that that a lot of teams are looking for. A guy who competes on defense, shoots the three ball, can pass, though his decision-making is needs to step up a little bit. That'll come with time. Still young. But Jet is going to – he could light the world on fire – as like the Benedict Matherin of this year's draft. Um, he's, he's really, really good. At number nine, Asar Thompson. Um, I, the OTE guys, man, they are so hard for me to scout. I honestly hate the overtime elite. It's not fun to watch. It's poor competition for these guys trying to make it to the NBA. And I think significantly worse than college. Like, by a pretty wide margin, I think overtime elite competition is... Yeah, it's it's the, the talent and actual, like... The, the margin between OTE and college is... It, it's huge. It really is huge. Um, so these guys are tough for me to scout. The Thompson twins. I'll just say I'm not the biggest fan of just because I think they've been overhyped just off of based off of what they can do against weak high school competition. And I think that in college they would probably be kind of average role players wish they had gone to college i really do can't stop preaching this enough just if you're if you're an nba prospect listening to this go to college don't go to the overtime elite not trying to hate on uh an up-and-coming program but I, i i don't like watching it and i don't like scouting it so us are um he's athletic can play make a little bit, has the size for the most part. Um, I think he can be solid, but I just, whenever I, and this this goes, Amanda is going to be coming soon, his twin brother, so this, this goes along with him too, but when even though this seems a bit unfair since uh, we're talking about like high school basically guys versus NBA superstars, whenever I try to evaluate the OTE, I just envision and imagine what it would be like if Jason Tatum, John Morant, even Scotty Barnes 
was in the overtime elite, like I'm pretty confident they would they would put up close to forty points a night. It would it would be a bloodbath. And Asar and Amen are doing you know, fifteen, twenty points a night on average. Um the highlight culture it's not good for the overtime elite. I just just stay away from there. But Asar still has the athleticism and playmaking potential that I think he needs to be top ten for now. Uh but he's it's gonna be a much slower grind for him than many people might think. At eight, this is a guy, dude, that you guys, once I say this, you're going to know exactly who it is. You guys have probably been expecting him for this entire episode, thinking he's going to be the next guy. He's going to be the next guy. Uh, But here he is, Dariq Whitehead. Uh, So the thing that I'm thinking with Dariq, is uh, I'm thinking about A.J. Griffin. Okay, so A.J. Griffin last year, he's like the number one high school recruiter, close to it, comes to Duke, uh, has an injury though, uh, can't play right away, um, comes and is a really good shooter, but doesn't really show the athletic flashes too much. Doesn't get to the rim a ton. Um, does a little bit, but clearly the injury has him off a little bit. Uh, he goes to the NBA, gets drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, and lights the league on fire. Uh, has some really good moments, and looks much smoother, much more athletic than he did in college. Um, this is, I think it's an almost identical situation that Dariq's in. Uh, came into the season off an injury and just hasn't really looked quite right. Uh, but I think that's all majorly due to the injury. Um, but his shooting, he's now up to like 40% maybe on, on three-point shooting. So I think that's a fairly large indicator that he's still going to be a good player because if he had actually taken such this big dip uh, since his high school days of being a superstar, the shooting would not be that nice, I don't think. So Tariq Whitehead, I'm still – I still think he's going to be like A.J. Griffin – and he's going to come back to the NBA, and he's going to show some of the stuff that we saw in high school. Now, there's been some finishing issues for him uh, in college. He, he's gotten to the rim a, a decent amount, uh, but hasn't really fit into this weird Duke team. Um, but that'll change in the NBA once he gets uh, an NBA with NBA coaching, NBA uh, NBA medical staff. He's going to grind back up, and he's going to end up being a very good basketball player. And then at seven, I'm in Thompson. Uh, uh, very similar to Asara. I kind of said it, everything that about the OTE already. I mean, you know what, they, what they've done. The Thompson twins have playmaking, crazy athletic, uh, Amends projects. I'm not entirely sold on this personally, but he projects as a point guard at, at, in the NBA. At least that that's what everyone's saying. And I'm not an NBA coach or an overtime elite coach. And he has he's a has a skill to handle. So I can't say for sure that he's not a point guard at the next level. Uh, that's not my place to speak, but I'm not entirely sold on that. But if he is a point guard, which then that increases his potential a little bit because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. At at six, uh, Jairus Walker. 
Um, his in-season offensive development, it's, it's low-key been a thing of beauty, man. His shot creation, shot making, it's getting better, looking better. Like every game, it seems like his defense is elite. He works incredibly hard. Um, he's, he's a really, really good player. Um, yeah, if, if the self-creation and that like untapped like offensive star skill totally pops, uh, He's going to be a, a top NBA option, one a number number one or number two option on a good team. And he's if he depending on which team he lands on, of course, he could impact winning right away with his defense. And at five, Cam Whitmore. I've gone very back and forth on him, but. I'm I'm really starting to come around. If if this is true, and I th- I think it probably is that he's like the best slash most powerful athlete since like Zion or LeBron or whatever you know what I'm talking about. Uh, then I think he has to be a top five pick just by default. Uh. With, with that kind of profile, the, the potential is too high not to be, especially considering most draft picks won't pan out. This is, Number five for Cam Whitmore is probably too low. And if, if shooting becomes a thing, then like the Anthony Edwards kind of comps uh, become pretty real as well. And like if just I think if his, his development and his shooting – pan out and he if he's on the right team like you get this big powerful wing who can shoot the ball and dunk in people's faces and can create off the dribble and can also play solid defense uh like i I think you have an all-star player right there um so uh, I think the athleticism is a little bit weird. He doesn't look the most comfortable at times. Uh, a little bit herky-jerky. But at the end of the day, man, I just feel like if you have that kind of physical slash athletic profile, like you got to go top five. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you have to be top five. And there's four guys left on my board. Um, if you've been doing the math, you know who those four guys are. Um, you might be a little bit surprised by a little bit surprised by my takes, but I, I think they're all very warranted, very real. Number four, Grady Dick. Yeah. Um, yeah, is, is, I'll just start off by saying, like, he is not just this catch-and-shoot three-point guy, this white catch-and-shoot three-point guy who can't play defense. He, his self-creation and playmaking has started to come around in a really big way. Um, and I think that makes me lean towards him potentially be in an all-star one day if he can shoot the lights out and he can also slash get cuts to the rim and then he can create a little bit off the dribble create his own shots like you're looking at a really really good offensive player and he's an underrated athlete too he he can dunk on you so he, he can be a really good player regardless of what you think about his defense. And I, he does have real defensive problems, like big problems, uh, where he just gets blown by or he his hips can't rotate his hips quick enough. Um, but the offensive value is so high, and the defensive tools, in theory, are pretty good. Got 
great size. Um, I just think uh, the high end outcome for him is a, a really fantastic player. Um, so, so yeah, that's Grady Dick. And we're in the top three. Comes down to three names. You guys should know who these guys are. Um, at one, I'm 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 starting with one because you guys know who I have at one and two, or at, at least you should. And then I'll I'm gonna do my number three guy last. Um, I know that's weird, but but that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. Uh, uh, see see how it goes. Uh, so at at number one. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama, of course. Uh, I, I will say, um, uh, for one, I think he's generational. I think he's amazing. I think he's incredible. I think he has all the potential in the world to be an all-time great. Um, um, the shooting, I'm just saying, like, if he's if he's taking a high amount of threes. The shooting honestly could be a, a little bit of an issue early on, but but I I don't think that's gonna last forever because he's already shown that even at his height that he he can shoot the rock. So I I don't think that's gonna uh, be a long term thing. He's shooting I think a shade under thirty percent right now, so like not awful obviously, uh, but. But but could, could could be better, and I I think it will get better in the NBA, but it probably won't be immediate because his frame could be bothered by NBA defenses at the three point line. Though I think he's still gonna get his way on offense most of the time with his size and athleticism. Two, Scoot Henderson, y'all knew it. Uh, uh, crazy, crazy good point guard. Uh, one of the best point guard prospects we've seen in, in quite a long time. Super athletic, super shot creator. Great frame, fights on defense, good defender. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's going to be a player. He's going to be good. Uh, I, I hope my Spurs get him if they don't get Victor. Um, and at number three. Last guy, I promise the last guy that I'm going to talk about on this episode. The third guy on my big board. If you've been doing the math, you know you know who it is. Brandon Miller. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the best college shooters maybe ever. Um, ridiculously good. Ridiculously good single season of shooting. He plays super hard. He fights on defense, even though that isn't his strong suit. He he's works to get better, and we've seen that with his finishing. He started off the season shooting abysmal at the rim, and that's slowly ticked upwards throughout the season, and now he's actually looking pretty good. Shows some really nice shot creation stuff. Uh, can make threes off the dribble and off the catch from logo type range, uh, especially once he adds a little more strength in those NBA weight rooms. Uh, he's gonna be splashing from deep, like he he's a big time shooter, big time player, really fantastic guy. Um, as far as like what option on a championship team, I think he could be. Uh, I think he'd be a, a solid number two option um, with with high-end potential of, of being a number one option. Uh, he, he can be really good. And if all that star kind of stuff doesn't totally pan out, he has a, a great fallback as a, a shooter. So I think so many potential high-end possibilities for him. Uh, that it, it's going to be hard to ignore him. He, he's he's really good. Uh, he he deserves he deserves to be at three. Good in transition. He he he's he's a really good player. And that uh, that wraps things up uh, for now. Uh, that's that's my top thirty big board 
as of February 16th of recording. Um, so, um, yeah, so some big time stuff going on. This is this is the year, folks, that, that my giraffe prowess is going to break out. I'm going to become that man. And you're going to see next season after the draft and throughout all these young guys' careers, uh, you're going to see that that I know my way around the uh, the scouting uh, war room. Um, so NBA, hire me right now or you'll deeply regret it. Spurs, if you want me, you're going to have to get me quick. Uh, sign me to a, a five-year, $200 million contract. <laughs> uh, no, just, uh, just kidding. Yeah, in all seriousness, though, I'm, I'm going to try to get you guys uh, some nice new, some uh, more NBA draft content coming out before the draft. Uh, some real big time stuff. Uh, I'm hoping to do some more videos, obviously more podcast episodes, uh, more big stuff coming. Uh, so, so adios. See you later. I'm out.